Good morning, everybody, and welcome to everybody's favorite new show on the Red Pill Project, Morning Coffee. My name is Vince Tagliavia, and I am here live with you every morning at 8.30 a.m. Pacific, 11.30 a.m. Eastern Time to talk about the news and events of the world. Because, unfortunately, the fake news has betrayed us, so we, the people, have to stand up and feed ourselves the, the, the damn news because we can't rely on the fake news anymore. So here we are working with each other to find out the truth and share the information as we need and as we see fit. So welcome, everybody. Good everybody. Good morning. It's January the 17th, 2022. A beautiful day to be alive. Another nice, gloomy day here in the Pacific Northwest. Hope you are all doing fantastic. I see y'all coming in here, piling in. Good morning, Grandma Revolt. Great to see you. And uh, Mr. Green Jeans. <laughs> nice to see you. Good morning, uh, Mr. Plum. Goodest of mornings to you as well. Let's roll into it because we have a lot of financial news to go over to start here. So we will just jump into it to get through it because once we get through the finance, which there are some big things here, we will get into the rest of the big stuff. Some good stuff today. So I'm excited. Let's do it, everybody. It's Tuesday. It's Tuesday. Got a big week ahead of us. January's just about halfway over and holy smokes here we go Whoo! all right let's see here so to begin with uh janet yallen pushes a debt limit crisis wnd.com reported treasury secretary janet yellen said the u.s is projected to reach its roughly 31.4 trillion borrowing limit in less than a week by january 19th that's Thursday, this week. In a letter to House Speaker Kevin McCarthy on Friday, Yellen also warned the department would soon have to begin taking extraordinary measures to stave off a default to buy time for Congress to find a bipartisan solution. Mm. It's starting. The woes of the debt limit. It figures that McCarthy would get the bad news. But the new speaker didn't budge in an interview with Maria Bartiromo. Quote, let's take a moment and realize why did we get here, he said. I mean, if you look just in the last four years, the Democrats were in the majority. They increased dis discretionary spending by 30%. When Republicans were in majority for the eight years prior, they didn't increase it by $1. In the last two years, Democrats have taken us from spending $4 trillion to $7 trillion. For the White House to say they won't even look at it, uh, that they can't find one penny of a dollar of eliminating waste, I think they're just trying to put us into bankruptcy. What I am saying, and it's my conversation with the president on our first conversation, let's sit down together, let's look at the places that we can change our behavior, the first thing I would say is, why don't you make the House and Senate both produce a budget? They don't produce a budget, so, you know, they're wasting money. He goes on and on and on here. I think we might see a little hang-up at the end of this week. This could put our government in at, essentially at a standstill and on standby until they could work this out um, within the government system, right? So we could see a government shutdown, potentially, but I wonder what these extraordinary measures could be that Jenny Ellen's talking about here. Are they going to pull money out of a hat like a magician? Oh, look at that. I don't know. I don't know what the heck's going to happen. So we'll keep our eye on it, and it's coming down just a couple days. So I think this is going to be the big story at the end of the week, and we will just have to wait until then and see how everybody plays their cards. Onward here. More with Yellen. Uh, U.S. Secretary Janet Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen will meet with a top Chinese official to discuss the global economy and seek to deepen communications between their countries. Our countries. Um, so, interesting, interesting. Yellen's meeting with Chinese Vice Premier Liu He to take place in Zurich will be their first in-person encounter following three virtual meetings, the official said. 
U.S. President Joe Biden and his Chinese counterpart Xi Jinping had vowed during a November meeting in Bali, Indonesia, to improve communications after years of sharp tension, tensions over trade, human rights, Taiwan, and other, other issues. Yellen and Li Yu will, quote, exchange views on macroeconomic developments and other economic issues, as well as deepen communication, unquote, between their two countries. In Bali, Biden and Xi had pledged, quote, to continue responsibly managing the competition between our two countries and to explore potential areas of cooperation. Uh, yeah, so we are not in good on good terms with China. They're doing a lot of business with the BRICS nations, and I think this is an attempt to just probably get on their knees and beg for cooperation and deals. Um, hopefully they could get through to the corrupt side of China and get some money flowing because they are in, we are in dire straits, which means the deep state is, is also in dire straits. They don't have, they don't have a, a as solid trade network as the BRICS nations. In my opinion, I'm not an economist. I'm not anything like that. I'm just an average Joe, but I'm looking at this and man, maybe by the end of this, we'll have a clearer picture. Let's keep going. Blinken to visit Beijing on February 5th and 6th. So Blinken too, huh? All right. This is just pretty much that's the story here. Uh, U.S. Secretary of State Anthony, Anthony Blinken will hold talks in Beijing on February 5th and 6th, the U.S. official said Tuesday, giving dates for a long-awaited trip aimed at keeping high tensions in check. The official, speaking on condition of anonymity, said Blinken would arrive in the Chinese capital on February 5th and also hold talks the following day, going ahead with the visit despite mounting concern about COVID-19 cases in China. <laughs> There's no concern with COVID-19 cases in China unless you're, you have an mRNA injection. I'm sure that's probably not good, but come on. Come on. I don't believe it. Get out of town with that. We've got Saudi Arabia here. Uh... Let's look at this story. This isn't good. Talking about BRICS nations here, the oil giant Saudi Arabia is open to discussions about trade in currencies other than the U.S. dollar. Come on, Twitter. That is according to Gulf News. So here we go, Saudi Arabia. <laughs> uh, the first comment, bye-bye U.S. currency. Yeah, so this is just weakening the U.S. and strengthening the BRICS nations as we've been seeing since this war began, especially, you know, since about a year ago, almost a year ago, 11 months ago. Holy moly. Uh, I guess our stock market's doing pretty good today, by the way. So uh, I think so. Let's take a quick look at our markets. That is, we'll just look at um, Yahoo Finance to get our numbers real quick. What I did see this morning, though, was positive. So let's see, and this doesn't really matter. What really matters is the debt market. But here we are. Uh, the S&P 500 is down 0.12%. The Dow is down almost 1%. Uh, NASDAQ is up 0.01% <laughs> after dipping in the red for just a second this morning. Um, crude oil, $80.01. Gold, $1,915. Come on, gold, get back above 2000 Silver down a percentage point at $24.14. Let's take a look at Bitcoin. $21,159.96. Wow, Bitcoin. Come on, Bitcoin, go. All right. Anyway, onward. Russia economy is doing much better than expected. Putin, RT.com here. The financial results of 2022 have exceeded many forecasts. The president says that is Putin. Russia's gross domestic product fell by only 2.1% in the first 11 months of last year, which is much better than projected, President Vladimir Putin said on Tuesday. He was opening a government meeting on economic issues, which he held via video conference. According to the Russian leader, the decrease for the full year is expected to be 2.5%, while the actual dynamics last year were positive. 2.5%. Meanwhile, our mainstream media is telling us that the U.S. is suffering, what, 7%, 8%, 9% in their bogus numbers, which are really much higher for a lot of commodities and a lot of the things that we're purchasing. So, you know, this 2% coming from the Kremlin, it may be higher, it may be worse, it could be bullshit fudged numbers, just like everyone else does. So, you know, take all these things with a grain of salt. 
um, whether it's coming from he or she or them or they or whatever. It's so silly. Uh, but I do think there is some truth to this. I would guess Putin said inflation in Russia in 2022 was 11.9% which was also lower than forecasts, including those of the country's central bank. The head of state called for a tangible increase in the salaries for Russian citizens in 2023, noting that rising prices directly affect the income of consumers. This is fundamentally important both for the real incomes of citizens and for the economy as a whole, he stressed. So they're doing the same thing over there. Print, 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 give everybody more money, keep this fiat system going, go, go. Actually, they're back in theirs with... Uh, commodities like gold and oil, but still, <clears throat> same game, same game. Let's move on. Russia firms can ignore foreign shareholders, the Kremlin says insider paper. This isn't good. Russia firms can ignore foreign shareholders. That's crazy. The Kremlin on Tuesday handed permission to major Russian companies to dismiss votes of their shareholders from so-called unfriendly countries this year. You could bet this is the U.S. <laughs> and probably Europe and, you know, everyone that's not in BRICS. The decree, signed by Russian leader Vladimir Putin, says the regulations apply to big firms in the energy, engineering, and trade sectors with owners under international sanctions or even those with minority foreign shareholders. Their turnover must also have exceeded 100 billion rubles, about $1.5 billion in the previous financial year. The temporary measure will remain in place until the end of this year, and will, it will be up to the company whether or not to count the vote of its unfriendly shareholders. Citing a source, the, Russians new, the Russian news agency Interfax said the regulations would impact around a dozen companies. The measure comes as par a part of steps taken by the Kremlin to mitigate problems linked to heavy Western sanctions that followed the beginning of Moscow's military offensive in Ukraine. Several company heads had complained recently of not being able to validate the annual budget of their company or to modify the composition of their board of directors for lack of clear directive on the taking into account of the votes of the foreign shareholders. So it seems to me like they're trying to get the foreign voices out of their business decisions, even though that's how the system is and they're taking money from these foreign investors, they're saying, yeah, we're taking your money, but we're not going to listen to what you have to say, even though you own, uh, essentially, you own decision power in our company. They could tell them to kick rocks, make their own decisions, and this will strengthen Russia. Not good. And it's probably illegal, I would guess. Um, I could only imagine, right? Uh, I don't know, though, but it's an interesting move. This is fascinating stuff. Um, Trump this morning tweeted, uh, I always say tweeted, gosh, Trump this morning put out a message on Truth Social regarding Hunter's $50,000 a month payment to the big guy. I thought this was pretty interesting. Let's see what Trump said. This was two hours ago. Donald J. Trump. Was Joe Biden really paid $50,000 a month by Hunter for a house that's worth comparatively very little? Who actually owns the house? Hmm, who actually owns the house? I don't know. Do you guys know who owns the house? I'm serious, I don't know. He continues. This is just the beginning of one of the greatest political and money laundering scams of all time. However... Don't know whether or not the rigged and corrupt fake news media will want to report on it. Probably not. They'd rather report on a 75-year-old Trump employee who did not pay tax on the use of a company car or payments. I mean, car or apartment, excuse me. Few people do. Never charged before. Oh my gosh. And look at the first comment. These are what we call... This is what we call proof background screening request from Robert Hunter Biden current address Bavley Hill Road in Delaware blah 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 previous address in Washington DC company name Owasco PC phone number uh, email move-in date March 20th 2007 
Uh, monthly rent, $49,910. And it is signed 7-27-2018. Hmm. $49,910 rent. Money laundering scheme. Come on. I wonder if that's on Joe Biden's taxes. I heard a rumor that it's not, but I don't know if we have proof of that as of yet. Holy moly. This is just one way, I'm sure, that Joe Biden probably got his 10%, or a.k.a. the big guy. How the big guy got some of his 10%. One of the many ways, one of the funnels they do. Um, Mr. Plum said, those sanctions were illegal. The sanctions are illegal. We reap what we sow. Interesting. I, I don't know about the legality of that, but if that's true, then I guess you're right. All right, let's get out of this topic of money. And something uh, still pretty dire. Then we'll get into something I found super interesting. But first, let's talk about Joe Biden since we're on the topic of the Biden crime family. Biden tied to human trafficking. I pulled this video uh, from the Stooge Report, at Stooge Report. I'll follow them. Why am I not? But let's go ahead and listen to this one minute clip. Investigation reveals a family that engaged with some of America's most powerful adversaries, planning to sell one of the largest sources of cobalt for electric vehicles in the world to the Chinese, for example. The Bidens flourished and became millionaires by simply offering access to the family. Among the dozens of shell companies the Bidens set up, there were millions of dollars of wire transfers, flights on Air Force Two, to conduct personal business and meetings with heads of state, all while Joe Biden was aware of what was happening. All the while, he turned a blind eye. Many transactions related to these businesses have raised red flags at U.S. banks. A Suspicious Activity Report, or SAR, is a document a bank must file with the Treasury Department when a transaction is suspected to be related to money laundering or fraud or other types of criminal activity. According to media reports, the Biden family accumulated over 150 SARs. One SAR generated by an American bank to the Treasury Department connects Hunter Biden and his business associates to international human trafficking, among other illegal activities. The money that was being made from foreign principals in the same room as Joe Biden was increasingly spent on furthering... All right. So it cuts off there. But the important thing of this story here is he said that there were banks that submitted reports called SARS. We covered this a few weeks ago, but I wanted to cover it again because we need to spread this information, keep it fresh so we could talk to people about it. He said over 150 reports from banks that are SARS reports, which are suspicious activity reports focused on the Biden crime family. That's a lot of reports. Usually one will do the do the job, you know, and they'll investigate it and then they'll, you know, take you to court or whatever. Crooked, corrupt, Biden crime family, everybody. Let's hold them accountable. Come on. All right, moving on. <clears throat> fake news, fake news, fake news. This is why I called today today's title we'll take it from here fake news because they're just disgraceful they're full of losers liars corrupt a-holes like this guy let's take a quick look here this video made my morning this is actually a huge 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 story absolutely making my day check it out so Avi Yemeni, I'm sorry if I'm mispronouncing his name. He is a Rebel News correspondent for Rebel News in charge of telling the other side of the story down under. Okay. He tweeted, I was just threatened to be punched out by CNBC's international managing editor for politely asking him simple questions. These are thugs that want to control the world, but he doesn't scare me. And they have WEFreports.com going right now because they are covering this event in Davos with all of the 
elites, so-called elites, who are better than us because they have money and they make decisions and they make under the under the table handshake deals and corrupt governments and uh, well, they're not doing so hot. I wonder why people are canceling. You know, some of their main leaders are canceling their their visit to Davos. Strangely, and there's everyone sending their minions. Trudeau sent his minion. People are not attending. It's really weird. People are noticing. Anyway, he's there, and this is where that happened. Let's watch the video. Hi, no, no filming, please. Yeah, we can film. No. We can, we can yes, film. Yes, not me. That, not me. That's okay. Okay, thank you. Where are you from? Rebel News. Yes, but what? what is your interest? What is your... What question? do you mean? I'm covering the news. I'm doing what your bosses are supposed to be doing. Okay. Why did he get so upset? What's he so scared about? No, no, I'm not scared. I'm not you, not you, not you, not you. Your boss, he seemed really scared. He ran in there and called you out. No, it's just, we have to know who is out here. My name's Avi Yamini. Yes. I work for Rebel News. Yes. We're reporters. We do what CNBC is supposed to be doing. And he seemed a bit upset that we were asking some questions in the public area outside. Yeah, if you're here, it's public area. It's no worries. That's private area from here on. So you're doing fine. Wish you a very nice day. You too. Hey, you doing? So, can I ask you what CNBC is doing here? No. You can't, I can't ask you? No, you can't. I'm glad you? you didn't put a camera in my face, thank you. Really? But you're here as an invited guest and you're an editor for CNBC. Don't you think that's a bit of a conflict of interest? I'd like you to go away. I haven't, I haven't agreed to an interview. If you're doorstepping me, like, go away. Seriously, take the mic out of don't, don't touch the mic. Don't away you're meant to speak. To, you're meant to be speaking truth to power. Are you here just to take your marching orders? Is that what you're here for? Do you want to go away? Not really. I'm here to do what you should be doing. Yeah. Please take this out of my mouth. I'm going to have you escorted off for security. All right. Do that. There you go. CNBC. Their job is supposed to be doing what he's complaining I'm doing. And now he's calling security to escort me off the premises. Well, what's the problem? You're my problem. You've been very rude to me this morning. You I haven't asked me anything, so I'd like you to take the camera off me. I've literally asked you questions politely, which should be your job. That's your job, sir. I'm doing your job. I'm just not getting paid for by Klaus Schwab. You were inside as he walked in a bit upset. What did you hear him say? I heard him say, I'm going to paraphrase it because I don't have the exact thing, but he came in sounding quite angry saying, I'm going to punch him out. Paraphrasing there, he's knocked out, punched out, but you know, he wanted to hit you. Um, didn't know it was about you until I came out and then I heard somebody else complaining about you to your face. That point I realised, Avi had a word with him. Um, now, you forgot about it when you told me this, but I marked you up a little earlier. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so we're going to go back quickly and check if we caught that on audio. Hopefully we did. Avi. You got it? Yep. Ready? I don't know, but this guy's going to get punched out. I just got threatened by the head of the news and programming of CNBC. Jack Are you serious? That's him there. And for what? For literally doing what he's supposed Talking to do? Talking to him. Well, no, I was asking him questions politely. That's his job. And he got so angry that I did my, I did what his job's supposed to be, that he want, that he sit, he, he, he threatened me. Man, glad you were mic'd up. Well done. CNBC, which is supposed to be reporting the news, and he's a senior editor. And his problem is I didn't ask his permission to doorstep him, to ask him simple, polite questions. That is literally the problem with the mainstream media right there. They're shocked that I'm here in Davos at the entrance. They're right at the entrance. To what? Not to hold them accountable, not to ask the tough questions. They're not here to ask the World Economic Forum the tough questions. They are here to take their marching orders.
absolutely awesome. They, <laughs> I wonder if they're going to, I wonder if this guy's going to step down or if they're just going to try to sweep it under the rug or what, but holy smokes, that is awesome. <laughs> what a coward crybaby. You know, when somebody becomes that defensive for no reason, well, there is a reason. That is why they're so defensive and, and such cowards and losers. These people cannot operate like this. They're going to be under a lot of pressure. They won't be able to walk in the streets without somebody walking up and saying, hey, could I ask you a question about the New World Order or how corrupt you are? Or, you know, how did you get that brand, brand new BMW that's all blacked out and whatnot? Like, dude, you guys, <laughs> this isn't going to work. This is not going to work. People are going to be asking questions because we want real news, not your... Uh, state-funded media or New World Order globalist-funded media corrupt goons. You corrupt goons. So, fake news, boo, boo, you suck. Make sure you always remind everybody how terrible the fake news is. Damn liars, they're killing people. They're spreading misinformation, exactly what they accuse everyday people like you and me of doing. When we do the research, we talk to the experts, we figure the things out, we look at the facts... They spread the misinformation and it costs people's lives. It costs people's livelihoods and it costs us our country. It's kind of, kind of criminal, not kind of criminal, hundred percent criminal. And it's still happening. They're still allowed to go. Hopefully not much for much longer. Oh, um, add this to the list of things going up in flames around the world. This one, unfortunately, is in our country, the USA, or my country, our country. I don't know. There's people from all over the place, but this is the USA. Firefighters are battling a massive fire at Hunter's Grocery Store. Multiple firefighters are battling a massive three-alarm fire at Hunter's Grocery Store in New Hampshire with multiple reports seeing thick, heavy smoke for miles away. Just another grocery store. Nothing to see here. Nothing to see here, everybody. Don't worry. Put your mask on. Cover your eyes. Do what the TV tells you to do. I'm just kidding. We need to make sure we prepare. They are destroying the infrastructure. Or it's just a big quinkadink. Either way, the infrastructure is crumbling. Our supply chains are being compromised day after day. It seems like every day you go through the news and it's fertilizer plant burned down. 18-year-old died suddenly. Grocery store burned down. 21-year-old died suddenly. Train derailed. 32-year-old died suddenly. It's like, hello. All right, what else? Uh, Twitter snowflakes that were laid off. They said they're going to sue Elon Musk because he's a criminal. Well, apparently that lawsuit has gone nowhere because Twitter's laid off workers cannot pursue claim via class action lawsuit according to the judge. Wah, wah. Twitter has secured a ruling allowing the social media company to force several laid-off workers suing over their termination to pursue their claims via individual ar arbitration rather than a class-action lawsuit. Huh. So I guess they could still sue again, but they're going to have to do it each on their own uh, accord. U.S. District Judge James Donato on Friday ruled that five former Twitter employees pursuing a proposed class action accusing the company of failing to give adequate notice before laying them off after its acquisition by Elon Musk must pr pursue their claims in private arbitration. So, good luck to you guys. Um, that'll be really fun, and yeah, you probably won't go anywhere with that. Okay. Elon Musk is probably having a good week. <clears throat> what else? Let's talk a little bit about what's going on internationally. Uh, we have World War III happening right now. Last week, Russia took the salt mines in Ukraine in a strategic position that may lead to more expansion of their military into Ukraine and capturing more of Ukraine. And this, I think, is a demonstration of Russia 
capturing a key part of Ukraine's infrastructure and tunnel system, which was over 100 miles in length, deep underground. Not only is this a resource, right? There were weapons stored in there. What else is connected to these tunnels? What else is stored in these tunnels? Are there bunkers? Is there any type of infrastructure inside the tunnels? Probably some to some extent there has to be, right? I wonder what the heck the whole story is with these tunnels. But at the very least, it's a resource and a strategic point for the Russians in Ukraine. Um, not good for them. Also, we have this. Um, this week, Ukraine's defense minister claims his country is a de facto member of NATO. He's basically saying they're an unofficial part of NATO, even though they're not really a part of NATO. They kind of are because, you know, NATO's helping them out so much with all these weapons and training. By the way, they're sending Ukrainians to the United States in order to be trained on how to operate the Patriot missile defense systems. You think Russia's going to be happy about that? I really hope we don't have war on U.S. soil. But Russia is saying all these tanks that you're getting and all these weapons, they've been saying this over and over again, and they're saying they're going to go up in flames. So we're seeing escalation with this Ukraine ordeal. It's not good. This is not good because, look, people are people. War is war. War is bad everywhere. You know how many Ukrainians are suffering because of this? And I know this is kind of a leftist idea of Ukraine, stand with Ukraine, you stand with Ukrainians, but there's normal people in Ukraine that aren't a part of this... Um, Zelensky Nazi regime. There's normal people in Ukraine who are just born in Ukraine, trying to live their lives, and they're being displaced. They're being killed in, um, you know, on accident <clears throat> or as a consequence of attacking, you know, these armies fighting each other. And it's a horrible situation that needs to stop. And why is it so crazy to say we need peace? You say we need peace in Ukraine and people are like, no, we need to fight for Ukraine and end Russia. It's like, let's just have some peace, peace. Why is that such a novel, radical idea, peace? Because we're in Wonderland, weird. Uh, Ukraine's first lady tells Davos elites that they must do more to support Kiev, Kiev, whatever they call it. It costs billions of dollars to keep their war machine going. Everybody's, all these European countries, all these Western countries are stepping up to keep their ball rolling for them in this proxy war through Ukraine with Russia and, of course, Russia's allies who are getting more and more involved as the days go by, whether that be in an economic sense with their BRICS alliances and trade deals or a literal army sense with troops and weapons and things like this that I think are culminating to a point where they're going to be used and they're going to take action. It's just escalating. That's all I could see happening here right now. Not a military expert, not a war expert. I'm just a normal average Joe. So let me know what you guys think, what you guys found, uh, and how you interpret it. Um... This was really wild news from Vietnam. And I think this ties directly to the whole conspiracy here, the medical conspiracy, the conspiracy with China, everything, everything, everything. Let's take a look at this. Insiderpaper.com reported Vietnam president resigns amid major anti-graft purge. Vietnam president Win, uh, how do you pronounce this? Win. Uh, fuck, I don't know Chinese or, no, I'm sorry, uh, Vietnamese. When, what is the X? Is it a Z sound? Z sound? Win Zuan Phuc, Vietnam president has resigned. State media said Tuesday after days of rumors he was about to be sacked as part of a major anti-corruption drive that has seen several ministers fired. The sudden departure is a highly unusual move in the communist in communist Vietnam, where political changes are normally carefully orchestrated with an emphasis on cautious stability. Only one other Communist Party president has ever stepped down, and that was for health reasons. Quote, the resignation of President Win Phuc is an unprecedented move in the history of the party, said Win Gyeong, research fellow at the Vietnam Center for Economic and Strategic Studies. State media said the Communist Party had ruled he was responsible for wrongdoing by senior ministers under him during his 2016 to 2021 stint as prime minister before he became president. 
Two deputy prime ministers were sacked this month in an anti-corruption purge that has led to the arrest of dozens of officials, with many of the graft allegations relating to deals done as part of Vietnam's COVID pandemic response. Fook, quote, took political responsibility as a leader when several officials, including two deputy prime ministers and three ministers, committed violations and shortcomings, causing very serious consequences, state news, news agency VNA said, quoting the party central committee's official statement. Earlier this month, the country rubber-stamped National Assembly, removed FAM, Bin Min, and Vu Duc Dam from their positions as deputy prime ministers. Min was a minister of foreign affairs, while Dam was in charge of the country's handling of the COVID-19 pandemic. At least 100 officials and business people, including Dam's assistant, have been arrested in connection with a scandal involving the distribution of COVID-19 testing kits. 37 people, many of, of them senior diplomats and police, have also been arrested in an investigation over reparation of Vietnamese during the pandemic. Oh my gosh. That is a lot of arrests in Vietnam. Let's see it everywhere. These people need to be held accountable. How much other um how much more of these testing kits were a part of a scam or scheme? Because I think the whole thing was a scam. The testing kits were bogus according to some medical professionals. Let's find the facts and let's hold people accountable. Who got yeah, let's fucking dig. What's going on there? Wow. 100 arrests. My gosh, that makes me so happy. This is huge. So we're going to see how this evolves. Who are they putting in his place? What the heck's going on? What do they say about what's going on? We're going to have to keep our new, our eyes on Vietnam. So, so wild. This is wild. I, nobody's really talking about this too much either. I'm glad the Insider Paper published this article today. All right. Well, let's talk about health. Um, I think that's our last segment. Kind of. Uh, let's, before we talk about health, talk about other stuff. We'll end on health. Um, this is a kind of a cool website called heyjackass.com. Uh, Jim Bob actually showed me this, and it's pretty cool. If we go to this website, I'll show you guys what it is, heyjackass.com. It shows us live data illustrating Chicago values, and it basically gives us crime statistics from Chicago from January to date. There have been 24 people shot and killed in the last 17 days in Chicago. Shot and wounded, 89 people. Total shot, 113. Total, total homicides, 24. And they tell you here uh, where the people had gotten shot. Um, my goodness. And a lot of statistics. Um, final, final 2022 totals versus 2021. Last year, 665 people were shot and killed, and the total homicides in Chicago were 736. We covered this statistic before. That is about two per day. Two people per day. Oh, my gosh. All right. So they, they divided up by gender, location, cities, race, 14 black victims, two Hispanic victims. Oh, my gosh absolutely terrible so this is kind of a cool website to track this uh the absolute <sighs> savagery happening in our democrat cities um <clears throat> all right let's talk about health i've got some news here uh this doctor his name's dr john campbell in the beginning of the pandemic he went on his youtube channel and was doing coverage of the pandemic every single day, following the mainstream media narrative, talking about the deaths, scaring the shit out of people. But now he's starting to see the truth. And he had this interview, and you guys probably recognize him. When I first started off covering the pandemic, um, looking back, I, I tended to believe what 
the chief medical officer and the chief scientific officer and the prime minister said. Surely they have our best interests at heart. And you believe, you, I believe, the, the official notifications from the government. And to begin with, I, I think their intentions were quite good. But then other vested interests uh, did creep into that fairly quickly. We know we had scandals over over personal protective equipment and how those contracts were awarded. But as time has gone on and there's been further evidence has accumulated. So now, for example, we know that the, the risk from COVID-19, the risk of dying from COVID-19 is massively less than it was. And we do know that there's more side effects from the vaccines than we were previously thought. So this has changed the risk benefit analysis. And the trouble is the government guidelines don't seem to have changed with the risk benefit analysis. So I, I really feel that um, have, having gone from just believing what the government says, now um, it's really hard to believe very much of what the government says because they seem to have been, they seem to be stuck in this sort of um, rut almost that they can't get out of without admitting that, that they've been wrong in the past. And because I've spent all my life working with patients. We know this is about men and women, boys and girls. You know, this is actually personal to, 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 to me, to my family, to you, your family, and all the people that we, we represent and we live within the community. And um, th there has been a, a great sort of um, d disappointment, really, in my breakdown of trust of the official narrative. I think he's being very polite with his evaluation of what's gone on. They've, you know, the government, they don't want to admit that they've been wrong in the past. No, the government doesn't want to admit that they were knowingly misleading in the past and committed war crimes or uh, crimes against humanity. So it's not an accident that they didn't tell us the truth from the very start. Okay, get that through your head. Um, not you guys. I'm kind of talking to him. It's good that he's waking up, but I think he's a little bit cowardly with how he's trying to get that across. Maybe he's just being gentle and trying to wake up his crowd. I don't know. But a lot of liberals listen to this guy from the beginning. Okay? So the, him even saying this is impactful. It's waking people up slowly. Um, and maybe being so harsh is a little bit like, no, you're a conspiracy theorist. Ah, la, 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 I'm not listening to you. But something like this, maybe it'll wake up like a hardcore liberal a little more who has uh, given their trust to this doctor, uh, <clears throat> Dr. John Campbell. So I'm just talking shit. Um, I think he could say it better, <clears throat> but it's good. He's waking up and he's not the only one waking up. CNN's Dr. Lena Wen admits the U.S. has been dramatically overcounting COVID deaths and says that we need to start separating actual COVID deaths from deaths with COVID. CNN, they're starting to wake up as well. They need to just come out and say it, start covering things properly. But at least they're there. People are waking up, especially to this health crisis. At least six BBC buildings across the UK are covered with photos of people who died from the COVID vaccines. So look at this. These windows are just covered with dozens and dozens and dozens of photos of people who have been vaccine injured. And they're going to the BBC fake news media and they're putting it onto their walls. Tell the truth. Jabs kill. They have images. The pictures spell out those words. This is civil disquietude. Look at this guy. I have my suit on. I'm just making sure there's no terrorist activity out here. Um, good. Good. Civil disquietude. Wake up your neighbors. This is the least of their worries. This is a very gentle demonstration by people who have been essentially murdered, family members murdered, okay? So um, it doesn't get uh, more calm from here if things don't happen, you know? People, there's crazy people out there who are going to lose their shit. I'm 
Just saying. We already see it happening. People are losing their shit. And don't even... People who are asleep are losing their minds. Imagine the people who are awake. They're just getting pushed and pushed and pushed. I don't think that we should... I certainly won't be. I don't encourage people to take drastic action or be violent. I say, use your words and all this kind of stuff. But I do think there are people out there who may do that. And I I am not excited if that happens. It's not good. Not good at all. New York City health officials have stated that the infectious Omicron subvariant they call XBB15 may be more contagious among those who have already had COVID-19. Why? New York City health officials are saying this? We have to ask ourselves why. We know why. Of course, most of you know why. It's because when you take the experimental mRNA jab, according to professionals, doctors, it gives you AIDS. In a nutshell, it gives you AIDS. It suppresses your immune system. Every time you get a jab, worse, more, and more. It it suppresses your immune system more and more with every single jab. So when you do get another illness, it's severe. It's much worse than it would be otherwise. Uh, And these are jabs. I'm talking about the mRNA experimental injections. OAN reported that. Um... Dr. Sean Brooks, I'm not going to play the video, but he basically went up and talked about... uh, Dr. Sean Brooks, he's a PhD from Oxford. He went up and was saying um, that he's warning people that the vaccinated will die within a matter of years. And he gives us some numbers based on some studies that after the first jab, your immune system decreases by something like he said, 15%. The second one, that about doubles. The third one, He's basically saying you're screwed. Uh, and if you get another, you're really screwed. Because then if you go in from there and you get a, a flu shot or you get some other thing that's going to affect your immune system, you're going to die. Um, it's scary stuff. But it could be the reality we're facing. And we're seeing more and more people dropping dead every single day. And I don't like covering this stuff. That's why some days I just skip I skip all the doom and gloom, especially when it comes to health. But uh, we need to share this information and we need to be aware of the facts of what's going on in order to keep waking people up. So I am going to cover it maybe once a week or a big uh, event I'll cover. But I don't want to do this every single day. Today, we are doing it. Um, New emails. The Biden White House was behind Facebook censorship of the BMJ's Pfizer investigation. Nobody's surprised. This is part of the disclosures coming out of Twitter. Months before the BMJ released investigation, Facebook emailed the White House they would take action against true content on vaccines. There's a whole stub stack on this, and they have the receipts. Neither of the two White House officials on the email have any background in science or medicine. Our Flaherty, 46, the White House Director of Digital Strategy, is a Biden campaign official, now White House Director of Digital Strategy. Sorry, I added, I'm just messing this whole thing up. A. Slavitt is a businessman who runs a podcast, uh, former Biden-Obama administration's host of the In the Bubble podcast and author of the best-selling book, Preventable, Find Me on Post News. Of course, he has a book deal. These, these crooks always have book deals. That's how they get their money. Write a book. Well, make sure you really get a lot of sales on it. All right. In March 2021, in the March 2021 email, Facebook promised the White House, quote, we have been focused on reducing the virality of content discouraging vaccines that don't, that does not contain actionable information. This is often true content. Nine months later, BMJ underscore latest, my investigation, that found data integrity problems in Pfizer's COVID-19 clinical trial based on internal documents provided by whistleblower, blah, 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 uh, Brooke Jackson. And there is an article at bmj.com about this whistleblower on and on and on Facebook. So corrupt. So they don't want the truth out there. They were censoring it from the beginning, knowingly 
and people died again. This is just absolutely heartbreaking and disgusting. Um, I saw this a couple days ago. We haven't had time to cover it, but here we are now. We have, I mean, it's been just kept being shoved to the end. I think it's an important story, so I brought it back. A Holocaust survivor is in hiding after being ordered to psychiatric institution by German court. They're facing forced COVID vaccination. The Gateway Pundit reported this, as well as many others. This is just insane. And people wonder why people are like, this is like the Holocaust. They're like, oh, shut up. This is this is like the Holocaust. I'm not kidding. It really is. Renowned Jewish composer and Holocaust survivor Inna Zvanetskaya uh, is reportedly in hiding with friends after efforts by German authorities to send her to a psychiatric institution where forced COVID vaccines would be administered. Authorities are prepared to hold Zvanetskaya in a facility for a year and forcefully administer the jab. There is a video of her talking about this. It's absolutely heartbreaking. And I believe she's from Ukraine, by the way. Born in Ukraine, lives in Germany, I think. So <clears throat> she's in hiding. This is crazy. This is absolutely crazy. Can you imagine surviving the Holocaust and then just going right into another Holocaust, essentially, uh, later in your life? Holy smokes. Um... UK government is doing the same thing, except they're not targeting a Holocaust survivor. They're targeting a 22-year-old with special needs and attempting to force the COVID jab on him. And he has heart issues, which is why his mother is saying, please don't jab my son. Well, they want to jab him desperately. Disgusting. Newspunch.com reported that. And here's a bogus study that came from this website. This is a website where I pull news from all the time. Sometimes they have real information. I guess you could argue this is real information. There's nothing false about this information, but it does. It's misleading is what it is. And this is a part of the problem with the media insider paper. Eating one fish, eating one wild fish is the same. Ugh. Eating one wild fish, same as month of drinking tainted water, according to a study. So what they did is they got a fish out of some water. They tested the fish for uh, contamination. They found levels of contamination in said fish. They tested water. They found contamination in said water. And they said, you'd have to drink this water for this much water for a month in order to get the same amount of contamination from this one single fish. They don't push the publish the exact study. They give you a link to the website where they found it. So I haven't read this study. It could be a fish from a dam, you know, the backside of a factory for all we know, but they're trying to say you eat fish, you eat a public fish, you eat a fish out of the pond. It's worse than drinking chemicals for a month. This is retarded. Ridiculous. It just makes me want to go fishing is what it does. This is bullshit. And I can't believe they posted this. I'm like, I'm wanting to contact them and be like, who, what the hell are you guys thinking? Is this really like, you think this is a good story to cover? Who, who's in charge of this? What's going on here? Of course the study comes. Oh yeah. After Denmark, Germany and Netherlands, Norway and Sweden submitted a proposal to ban PAFAS. PFAS, this is the, the contamination, to the U European Chemicals Agency on Friday. Yeah, it's tied to the climate change bullshit agenda, all right? That's what it is. Instead of eating fresh fish from a local river or lake or even the ocean, they want you to eat something like this. Let's see. What do they want us to eat instead? Oh, well, GMO crust with some fresh ants on top. You're lucky if you get an olive on there, some fresh olives. Mm-hmm. Cheesy, bready, anti. Mm-mm-mm. They want you to eat bugs. Yeah. Don't eat fish, eat ants. Ants are much cleaner than fish. We tested ants. We tested these ants. There's actually, we didn't find any contamination. So we recommend you eat ants. Do not eat fish. Okay. Yeah, yeah, we no ants don't have the essential oils and things like that and the vitamins, but trust us, just eat the ants. Trust us. 
When have we ever let you guys down? Come on. That's my impression of the government. All right. Um, we've got people who've died suddenly. Dr. Harriet Hall. She was a staunch critic of anti-vaxxers and alternative medicine. She died suddenly in her sleep. I believe she was a little bit older. She had holes in her heart. Hello. I think a couple weeks ago we were covering the studies showing holes in hearts. Not just two weeks ago, but like a month ago, two months ago as well. Holes in the heart. Josh covered it too. This woman... She was a real jerk. I'm not going to lie. May she rest in peace. And I hate to talk crap when someone dies. But she was a real battle axe. And unfortunately, she died from her own ignorance. Dr. Harriet Hall, rest in peace. The Skeptoc Hall. She tweeted some really offensive stuff, man. She's just terrible. She said, my husband and I, both well over 65, just got our third dose of COVID vaccine. The Pfizer vaccine is free at Safeway for everyone. Very convenient and only a short wait. No appointment needed. Well, you know what? This is sad, man. What else did she say? I hope they put it in here. She said, I'm so saddened by this news. I read Dr. Hall's... Oh, this is somebody responding to her death. Uh... Died suddenly. Okay, I can't find the mean tweets that she posted, but I was looking at them the other day. Anyway, who else? Tributes pour in after hockey star dies from heart attack. I believe... Uh, I don't remember the details of this. But they raised a lot of money. No, is this this one? No, this is the 52-year-old hockey player who died suddenly. Rest in peace, Gino Ogic. Um... Terrible, terrible, terrible. Another died suddenly there. He was 52. 18-year-old uh, athlete dies unexpectedly in his sleep. 500 people came together and raised, I think, 50 grand for his family. So at least people are coming together and helping each other out. He was 18 years old. He died in his sleep on December 30th while his family, he was at his family's home in Re Regina, Saskatchewan. I think that's Canada. Um, he was an outstanding athlete. They talked about how wonderful he is and such a heartbreaking story. This was how much money did they raise? I think they raised thousands and yeah, $49,009 from 555 donors. Wow. Terribly sad. Everybody Ter terribly sad. Um, uh, people have their blinders onto this 18. Uh, anyway, uh, thank you, Just Jules, for the can. I appreciate that. That is very generous of you. I appreciate it. Uh, thank you for supporting us over there on Foxhole. Not only does that support uh, the Redfield Project, it supports Foxhole, decentralized media in general, from to be able to keep this stuff flowing and to have a platform to do so. We are censored like no other. Hillbilly Jackal, thank you for all of your donations this morning as well. That is very nice of you. I appreciate it. I'm happy to see you this morning. Hope you're doing good. I've been watching the comments. You guys are so fun. Uh, I love you guys to death very much. Um, and thank you, everybody else who's tuning in, hitting those thumbs up, likes, share if you can. Please share, share, share. And uh, come over to the Social Red Pill if you want to reach me or Josh or just participate in some banter with the Red Pill family www.socialredpill.com and you can visit us at the Social Red Pill. Uh, it's a good time. It doesn't cost you a dime. If you want to support the Social Red Pill, you can subscribe. Otherwise, just join us. Come join the party. Have fun. Get the information. Get the interaction. Join the nightly Zooms. Tonight, we have Joshua Reed. He joined last night, too, so he joins you know at least once a week, but sometimes we get much more. Uh, just depends on his schedule and what's going on. But tonight, Joshua Reed will be hosting a Q&A on the Social Red Pill Zoom, socialredpill.com. Free to join. Just get there. You'll see the link and everything. Um, we'd love to see you there. Thank you to all the new people who have joined over the weeks and years. It's really grown to a pretty cool place. Uh, it's one of the things. I woke up super early this morning, and I went on there, and I posted some, some uh, funny stuff I found. Excuse me. And it's a good time. So... Thank you, everybody. I'll see you all tonight on The Daily Dose with Joshua Reed at 5.30 p.m. Pacific, 8.30 p.m. Eastern Time for another episode of The Daily Dose. We'll talk about communism coming to America and everything else on how this unfolds and more. What 
is going to happen today. I don't know. But when it does, please share on the social red pill so we can all stay on top of it, figure out what the heck's going on. Thank you, everybody, again. Take care. God bless and Godspeed.